One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever... Let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast, bonus episode number 25. The bonus episode is shorter than the regular episode and designed to target a specific subject, be it an exhibition, the artist himself, or any arty occasion really. If you think you'd like one as a promotion tool, listen to the message at the end of the podcast that's tell you how to go about it. But anyway, back to today's episode. Today I'm bringing you Art on a Postcard founder, Gemma Pepe. Art on a Postcard was created several years ago to raise awareness for Hepatitis C and to promote and raise funds for the Hepatitis C Trust. Art on a Postcard has grown from a one-off exhibition to do just that, into, well, you're hearing this podcast just how big it's got and, and the potential of how big it's going to be in the very near future. If you're listening to this episode on the day of release, which is the 22nd of February, tomorrow obviously the 23rd, the Art on a Postcard auction opens. So while you're listening to this episode, I urge you to go over to the Art on a Postcard website, which is artonapostcard.com, or their Instagram profile, which is at artonapostcard, and just get the information to prepare yourself on how you can bid for an artwork. And that auction runs from the 23rd of February to the 9th of March. They do have a physical exhibition in London's Fitzrovia that sounds really exciting. It's got seven curators. So please, 
come and join me as I spoke to Gemma Pepe from Art on a Postcard. I'm already working with other charities. I'm working with War Child in um, April. Got a show with them, which I'm really excited about. And I've got my father died last year, and oh, sorry. I yeah, and the hospice nurses that came over I'm doing a um so he didn't actually go in but we got so much help from them so I'm doing uh something for them as well but I've got I'm set up now to be able to work for the trust I mean with the trust and give them you know so that they benefit from what we do but also other charities and really soon we're going to have a white label um so white label auction software oh yeah when so all, everything will be on our website. Nice. You won't go to outside to an auction house. But it will all be from the website. And I think then um, I think we'll sort of explode and I'll definitely need other people in. And yeah, but at the oh, moment right. it's a balance between yeah. needing to pay people and needing to, you know, give the money, get, get you know, the money that we come in. Obviously, we, uh, we raise money for people. Yeah. so yeah so it's um yeah it's a balance so we do prints and we do other stuff so that we have core funding but yeah i'm a trustee for a couple of charities so i do have a little understanding of the workings of a charity well, yeah and charities do you know kersler arts it's a prison arts charity no it sort of runs along with what you're doing at the moment they have a um an exhibition each year they have an exhibition of prison art each year um, that's held at the Royal Festival Hall on the London South Bank. This year, they had Ai Weiwei as their curator. And oh, wow. It doesn't really get much bigger than Ai Weiwei in the prison art realms, you know? I'm art really realms. impressed how you got him. Before, they've had Sarah Lucas, Anthony Gormley, Grayson Perry. That, those are really good names. I mean, that's kind of also, I know it's a bit selfish of me, but kind of why I wanted to work with other charities too, because... Some people are turned off by Hep C. Yeah. And I noticed that doing War Child, the calibre of artists I was able to get. I mean, not that we, I mean, we've had some brilliant artists for Hep yeah. C. I mean, don't get me wrong there. But, you know, then you'll get your artists that go, hmm, that's not my charity. So it's nice to be able to work with a variety of charities so that you can um, work yeah. with a variety of artists. What's the other charity you work with? Uh, it's one called the 16 Trust. It's a small charity, a very fledgling charity, and it's run by Lee Cavalier. He's a curator. Lee Cavalier. I'll look him up because I'm looking for curators at the minute. It's just to broaden the horizons of school-leaving age people uh, within the arts and just show them what's accessible, you know? The charity sector is a beautiful area to work in, but it, it does have its challenges, doesn't it? It's, it's a lot of challenges, mainly money, but, yeah, it is a good uh, sector to get into. I was in music before. And, and and I was an agent. I mean, I hadn't actually worked for a little while before I started at the trust. I was uh, I stopped work when my son was eight, and um, because I didn't really know what was wrong with me, <laughs> I was always tired, and I was always there was something deep. But I knew there was something really going on, but I didn't know what. And I stopped work before I found out that I had Hep C. I went on a health kick before I found out I had Hep C. But um, yeah, so the difference between working because I was I was an agent for British. DJs so I could literally go anywhere in the world and I held all the power so going from that to always having your hand out and having to be the one like for, for, with yeah. nothing and going could you please was quite yeah. a, a, a leveler actually 
I don't know much about hepatitis C, to be honest, but I mean, I don't know if you know my background, but I spent a lot of time in prison and it was pretty much rife amongst the drug users in there. So rife, yeah. But if you weren't using, you couldn't get it. Yeah, that you're right. So basically, yeah, it's a blood to blood and only blood to blood. It's not other um, body uh, fluids either. Yeah. So kissing is fine and having sex is fine. It's just blood. And you, you'll you get that with a blood transfusion uh, or you'll get that with, um, you know, using drugs. And I think the trust, what their challenge has been over the last few years is not so much, you know, finding the drug users with it. If you're a drug user, you pretty much know about hepatitis C. Not so much when I was, when we first started, but definitely now. I mean, you can't not. Yeah. But the people that the, the challenge to get to, where, and this is where Art on a Postcard is quite good, actually, is sort of the middle classes that went to university, they might have had an accident or they might have used drugs once, which is really common. And it only takes that one time, um, you know, with a needle. So um, contagious. It's just so contagious. It's much more contagious than HIV. And oh, wow. people said that's because it lives outside the body longer, but that's not it. It's because in a drop of blood... There is so many more um, copies of the virus yeah. than HIV, so it's very, very contagious. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that's the challenge is getting the people because those people are in danger. You know, they're in danger of just suddenly dying because some people don't get symptoms. I mean, some people do. I, I did. I was one that got bad symptoms, but a lot of people don't. Especially men. They they even if they get symptoms, they don't go to the doctor <laughs> got a brother that nearly lost his foot because he just wouldn't go to the doctor because yeah. uh, we know best right <laughs> yeah exactly when, when he had covid he, he went into intensive care because he was fine do you know what i mean it was yeah, like yeah. anyway well, i can't remember what i'm saying now that i lost my thread sorry that was me butting in trying to be funny no no um, I, 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 no no it wasn't it was me going on about feet but um yes yeah, so men basically yeah they often go to the doctor and find they've got four months to live I mean that that is such a common story and that's what right. when we started the trust um it was well I came in a couple of years later after it started it started in 2002 and I came in, in 2004 but um the common story was oh I've got hep C I don't know what you know what to do and you know we'd just be advising people or helping them to get treatment but the common story now is oh, I've just found out I've got hep C and I've got full-blown liver cancer and, you know, end stage. And that's the common story these days. And it's quite often people that had a blood transfusion or, you know, don't, when they see something directed, an advert or, you know, awareness directed at um, drug users, they think, well, I'm not a drug user. So, Yeah. Well, would I be correct in thinking that you got involved with the charity because when you was contracted, you couldn't find much help out there? Well, what happened, actually, it was um, I met them because I was making a documentary. OK. I was at, um, doing a master's in documentary research and I thought, oh, I'm going because I hadn't been long diagnosed and I didn't know much about it. And I thought it came to do, we had to do a certain type of documentary. And I thought, actually, my disease will be good for this. My, you know, it'd be, be a good chance to find out about more about it as well. So then I uh, met with the trust um, to do research. And then 
then I realised, oh, this needs making. You know, there's a good, this actually, because it was only supposed to be a research dossier. And so I went about raising the money for it. And the trust came in because um, they we could raise money um, from the Wellcome Trust as a charity. I couldn't get it as a production company. I was working with a production company, but um, so the trust came in as producers. Yeah. So, and then when my, I filmed my treatment and when it didn't work, and I said to Charles Gore, who was the CEO then, it's, you know, it hasn't worked. He was like, oh, because I've got money from one of the drug drug companies as yeah. well. Um, he's like, oh, dear. He goes, well, you know, you can always come work for us because he had this mad idea, and it is mad, that, um, but he's he's one of these people that was, with every mad idea, he has a brilliant idea, but this yeah, was a yeah, yeah. idea. So uh, he said, uh, well, you know, you can, he wanted to make hep C, the, the, the disease of the music industry, because so many people in the music industry have it. Yeah. But no one's going to take on a disease if they don't have to. And the thing is about the gay lobby was they had a voice and they had to, they had no choice, they had to, but also they were very well versed in, in campaigning. People with hep C are not, they often have... Um, mental health issues and you know everything else that goes along with uh, drug addiction and if you are famous that's not something you're going to shout about you know it's not something you're going to for a starters if you're in a band it's going to um you know your insurance will go up and you know so it's not that it, it, it didn't happen like that even though I had a lot of fun trying I mean because I was worked in music my mates used to run festivals Ziggy gave me backstage pass so for my first campaign which was what not to share which was about you know don't use notes don't share notes because everyone knew that you couldn't you know uh, you shouldn't share needles but yeah. they didn't know about notes yeah I didn't know about that till you just told me right well we did some fun campaigns we did so we got backstage at best of all where I was able to get Lily Allen Brian Eno uh, Mark Ronson at the time you can tell when it Brilliant. was because yeah. of the yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and also uh, Manumission really took, because um, I've always gone out and worked in Ibiza a bit. My brother lives out in Ibiza. And so we've always been friends with that. And my other brother was a DJ actually. So he used to DJ at Manumission, but they actually made little notes. That, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And it would say share the, share the uh, love and not the disease. Right. Yeah. Because we weren't saying don't take it for a minute. I mean, we weren't preaching. We were saying, be careful. So, yeah, um, what, what, what we were worried about was not spreading the disease and, you know, people that have got it getting help. So that was our, you know, uh, uh, what we wanted to do. So people will take drugs and it's not, it's not, wasn't up to us to. And actually, well, we all had hep C, you know, all of us. So it, we, we couldn't, we, we, we weren't in a position to preach. So Brilliant. And what year was that, Gemma? So that was the, so that would have been two thousand and six, I guess two thousand and six. I I did treatment all the year okay. of two thousand and five, so two thousand and six. But then after Boy George actually came out of prison, I got really friendly with him, and we did loads of um, campaigns together. But one actually one thing we did was we we went into prisons and did prison radio. Mm-hmm. One of the girls at the trust, Layla, she was doing really into prison radio and uh, or radio, yeah. you know, uh, but one of the things that we were doing with prisons was, you know, the prison radio and George came in and um, we went to, to Brixton. It was really fun. Good fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the prisoners all produced. You mustn't, you you know, you do work in prisons, don't you? Yeah. So 
you know it they they all produced and it was of a really high standard and really good questions and you know much better than some seemingly professional stuff really well thought out and really well done so and was that your first experience with working with prisoners no i tell you why we do so much work in prisons now is because we've got a new ceo and she came from a women's prisons background she was ceo for a charity that dealt with women's prisons and so she knew there was a definitely a need for it yeah so we were we had peers going into prisons before she came along but then she really was able to whip it into shape Brilliant. and the work that we've done in women's prisons has been is is um phenomenal i mean i can't take any credit for it at all because it's not been me it's been um you know i just i do the art bit uh the there's um a girl julia sheehan who's been doing it for a few years and she's been phenomenal because when she goes she's been in prison so and so had jane who started uh the, the, you know that particular um you know arm of the trust so when they went in they could talk at a level so they really did get girls who would not talk to anyone or go you know or thought they were dirty or thought it wasn't something they could talk about to not just talk about it but get treatment and then what the trust had done is there was then so then they were getting women on treatment but then say they got released hmm. they just get lost to the system but yeah. now they've 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 got you know they've done this whole follow-on program where they they can't get lost if they start their treatment in prison then they can continue it and research has shown that within a family if the women if a woman gets um clean from from well and not just uh, well starters if anyone gets clean them uh, clear i mean from hepatitis c they're, yeah. they're much more likely to go on and continue being clean yeah but if a woman gets clean in a family the family are more likely to um you know she she's more likely to stay clean i mean clear if a woman gets clear from hepatitis c yeah yeah she's more likely to stay um to stay clean but also women talk and the message gets whereas a man might do his treatment and just be quiet about it and not sort of tell anyone what's going on women spread the word and go well I did this and you can do it and yeah. so it's a lot more people will benefit from from women getting clean actually which is why they tackled the women's estate first so. yeah would it be the case that if a pregnant woman got hep C and then so would the baby no, not necessarily. You know, there's only a 5% chance of that happening. It's a very, very small percentage, but it is a risk. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. You don't necessarily share the blood, but we don't know if it crosses the placenta. Yeah. Or, you know, they or they could quite easily catch it at birth. Yeah. So, you know, when they're being born, 
cuts and you know especially if they've got been born by five von twos their your blood could mix you mentioned about you and your brother being in the music industry yeah was there creativity in home growing up yeah my dad was an artist oh superb in what field he was a, a fine artist painter and illustrator yeah he Brilliant. went to the slade and he and but he also his bread and butter money didn't come so much from painting although he did do commissions but he did illustration okay yeah the latest art and a postcard auction starts on the 23rd of february could you tell us a little bit more about that so we've got seven curators um seven female this is the first time i've done this i normally do the whole lot myself yeah. and um so it's been really nice having what with because we're doing more and more and more it's been great to have other curators come in and bring in some fresh art yeah you know names that i haven't known about before so we've got beth greenacre who was david bowie's curator oh yeah so she was i, I worked with her first at uh, uh albright when we did our first women's auction um she's a curator there and we've got lee sharrock oh nice yeah and uh so we've got molly barnes her name on on you know if you look her up on instagram it's she curates yeah, yeah. okay and we've got louise Fitzjohn. oh i love louise you know louise yeah she's brilliant and uh so who else uh so yeah louise living all she i just i went there yesterday actually because uh we're doing i'm doing a show i'm starting aop gallery oh yeah because we've got a, a big database of buyers and um, because we've also got, um, you know, a big database of artists, I just thought, oh, we can put the two together. Also, it, it when we go solo, it will help to fund art and a postcard so that we can still, you know, raise raise money for charities. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, so we're doing a show there uh, and in her tiny little gallery. It's really tiny, but it's really excellent. And her shows are so good. She really shined at Jealous. Yeah. She's really coming to her own because every show is completely different and 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 really interesting so anyway so we've got Louise and uh Backle Patty do you know Backle no um she's Backle she's brought on some very interesting women but she's another you know curator PR as well and um oh Carrie Scott oh okay I met her um during Photo London because she was working with Nick Knight, but she's also responsible for the careers of all sorts of up-and-coming artists like Walter, Walter and Zaniel. And who else? Uh, I can tell you there's so many names. But, uh, oh, yeah, Kim McCarthy and Bindi Bora. Nice. Yeah, so she's... Um, and who else? Sandra, who works with me. I'm really sorry, that's my mum texting me. <laughs> You're quite all right. So Sandra DeGiorgi works with me. She's been working with me for the last year and a half, and I thought I'd give her a little auction to cut her teeth on. Oh, why not? Yeah, she goes out all the time. She's always out at private views, and, and so she comes across lots of new artists, and I thought it'd be nice to, you know. Brilliant. So have I missed anyone out? I don't think I have. Um, so you have several curators. What is their role within the exhibition? So each curator has done... Has curated their own little auction yeah and each auction is going to run separately but concurrently oh okay so yeah so so when so at the private view you'll see all their shows they all had to like get between 20 and 25 artists 
and they've all they've all really I mean the work that they put into this is brilliant um and the artwork is really interesting and um then the way the auction will happen so it'll be online for two weeks and then at the on the last day we'll stagger it so yeah. like I think Molly's finishes first and then maybe Lee's or Backles they, they they're staggered um each hour they're staggered so so yeah and they've each got I suppose about up to you know between 25 and 40 works in each one yeah. they're online at the moment you can see them on our website the auction collective is still we're still putting that one together but um yeah it's uh and the, there's been some really good surprises like for example Beth has bought uh she's my new favorite artist Car Caroline Zermley have you come no. across her no I've not she does these very kind of like she does sort of uh glamorous women sort of like but little close-ups of glamorous women that might be their cleavage it might okay. be their handbag it might be just their eye but she does it in nail varnish oh wow it, it just it's brilliant I mean before I knew it was nail varnish I really I was like oh wow wow nice. wow she's great but then you know seeing that it was nail varnish like, whoa this is amazing so she she's based in America and when they turned up she said she packed them up really carefully and when they turned up that was like you know when we have our auctions it's like Christmas every day in the office <laughs> all this great artworks coming yeah. in and then who else Jasmine Manbridge um she's in who's auction she's in, she's in a couple because a couple of them asked similar women you know the same women so yeah. what we did was just like spread them across two auctions if they yeah. did that so we've got jasmine manbridge who i really like got uh sarah berman who i who we've had before but i'm really happy to have again as well jill rocker who's a bit of an art and postcard favorite as well um who have we got that's new that's amazing well caroline zermley and um let me yeah, see hey, you're right. sorry about all the paper Catherine Akaintra. I might have I pronounced know, that wrong. I don't know that name. Uh, that she's also from Beth. I probably pronounced it wrong, but she's she's got work in the tape. Um, and yeah. well, Walter and Zonial. I've often I've wanted to have them along for a while, but not you know. Yeah. They haven't answered me, so that's really good. Got Anne Desmet, who's a Royal Academician. Nice. Um, and again, she's another one. Oh, I know Ewan Goff. Have you come across her? No. She's actually a textile artist, but oh my goodness, her work is so excellent. She, yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, it's very different. And she's 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 painted on a postcard what she would do on her ceramics, yeah, but her nice. ceramics are difficult to describe because they're just sort of like quite odd shapes, but with these really interesting sort of paintings on but also you can see the pencil they're very uh delicate yeah nice yeah and oh flora bradwell who's uh quite interesting and um diane chapley who does these gorgeous like flowers but they're really they're lovely and oh yeah. elaine Wu mcgregor i particularly liked as well actually sandra brought her on along so her so yeah there's lots like lots to see and i think what people say about art and a postcard is it always introduces them to so many new artists yeah and and this one definitely will um this introduced me to so many new artists so yeah and where was it being held at uh fitzrovia gallery on the 7th of march 6 p.m so put that in your diary and how long would a physical show be going on for i put i literally i just put it up and take it down 
because we want to raise as much money for charity, I, oh, the show okay. costs so much. Yeah, yeah. And invigilators and all that. So we put it up. If you want to come and see it, you can come during the day or you can come to, at night to the private view. We make sure it's up for a day, you know, so people yeah. that can't make the private view can actually come during the day. But other than that, I can't keep it up because, yeah, it costs, it costs. And we just want to raise as much money as we can for the charity. So Yeah, of course. But you can bid on them from the 23rd of February, right? Yeah, absolutely. From For two weeks. You've got two weeks. So, you know, you've got a lot of time there to browse the website, to look at the catalogue, to come along and see them in person. Because what I find as well is a lot of people, they think they know what their favourite is and then it changes when they see them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I do have a few set questions, Gemma, and it's... Funnily enough, it's pretty relevant to what we're talking about. If you could have five artists, past or present, to have in an art and a postcard, who would that be? Okay. So, oh, that's a really good question. I mean, I could be really... Right, let me think. Okay, a cubist, probably. I mean, look, I don't want to be corny and say Picasso. Maybe I'll say Juan Gris. Okay. Because, well, I mean, well, it would... It would have to be Picasso. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like, and this is like, you know, them sort of like putting their hole into it, yeah? <laughs> I'd like Piero della Francesca. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would. I, 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 when I was young, I was obsessed with the Byzant with Byzantine art, but especially before they'd got together, like, uh, perspective. Yeah, and I loved the fact that you had these very beautiful, intricate foregrounds, and in the background looked like you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's say Piero della Francesca. Um, I'd have. Uh, I know this is like a sentimental one, but I'd have my dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, he did it every year. He did it every single year, and he always did so well. Um, especially when it used to be secret. Uh, he was always uh, he was a really good painter he was at the Slade and you know he was taught by Coldstream so he was a proper draftsman and proper painter and he his work always did well and I just I'd like to have it you know another auction with him in it again yeah and then like oh oh my god I've got to have some women because uh, that's all men which is (laughs) not good so mm, hang on a minute Uh, oh I know Natalia Gontrova oh okay yeah uh, she, she had a retrospective in the Tate and she'd been forgotten. She was a Russian artist that had been forgotten mainly because of sort of bureaucracy in the in Russia. Yeah. And and also because her, her husband, he had a new wife after she died and she didn't push her work. She pushed his, but not hers. Anyway, she's had a retrospective now and her work is tremendous. Uh, so her and... Um, Oh, I know. Then, in that case, I will have um, Lynette Yidim Boke. I always say her name wrong again, which is very ignorant of me. But you know who I mean, yeah? I don't. She's got a show at the Tate at the moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she had one in, I tell you what, she had one in lockdown. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the first time I ever saw contemporary black faces in the Tate. And it heralded a year of, you know, Black Lives Matter happened up, yeah. um, lockdown. And, and it heralded after that, it was became commonplace to see contemporary. Obviously, I've seen, you know, but a contemporary blackface hanging in an art gallery now is commonplace. And, you know, which is a really great thing. And rightly so. Mm. If you wasn't within the arts, Gemma, what do you think you'd like to be? 
Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be a lady of leisure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't think of another job I'd like to do particularly because there isn't really one. I've just, um, yeah, it's always been something creative that I've been interested in. Um, but I think, oh, well, oh, I was going to say, could I write scripts? But that would be within the arts, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I would like to just go and visit art galleries and, and I would like to go to the gym. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have time to go to the gym and go to yoga studios. <laughs> That's quite a good one because you'd be out in, oh, I know, I'd be a gardener. Yeah, yeah, but I'd be outside and be. I love gardening. And that's another thing I learned in lockdown. I was just about to ask if that come about during lockdown. Totally. Yeah, like myself. I'd never had an interest in it before lockdown. And suddenly, because you had time to watch things grow, I think it was, and appreciate them growing and, you know, I think that made the difference for me, really, actually sort of, you know, growing things and watching them. But yeah, I mean, I used to be allergic to Gardener's Question yeah. Time. Whenever it came on, I'd turn it off straight away. But now I listen to it. Brilliant. Well, it's really quite relevant to what we're talking about, because a charity, just like any subject, the moment you stop and give it a little time, then, yeah, you learn from it and become interested in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why documentary makers are, are lucky, because they get to learn so much about a difference. They're always immersed in whatever it is they're filming. And they yeah. become knowledgeable about so many different things, but they're almost expert because they spend so much time, yeah. you know, going around doing it could be like, you know, filming a documentary about De Beers one minute and orphans in Romania. Yeah, yeah try and make a link between those two. Yeah, exactly. And... Could you tell us where people can find what Art on a Postcard do, be it website or social media? Yeah, it's artonapostcard.com and we are at Art on a Postcard. We're really easy to find. Just stick in Art on a Postcard wherever and you'll find us. Uh, we're not on TikTok, actually. I'm wondering whether we should be. But anyway, we're not. We're, we're on uh, Instagram, very lively on Instagram and Facebook. So, um, but yeah, so we're on Instagram. We post up new works every day nice. uh, of the auction. And on um, our website, you can see the whole auction. You can also see we've got lots of prints as well that we, um, we don't, we've got the whole of the Benign alphabet. No, I'm nice. That we just got like quite recently, just before Christmas. Yeah. And we've got lots of like really cute Sarah Pope prints wow. and all sorts of things, all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So brilliant. It's it's worth a rummage. And if you could just give us a little rundown of the up and coming dates of the auction and so it's the twenty third of February till the um 9th of March online. It finishes on the 9th, and you can come and see us at the Fitzrovia Gallery Brilliant. in the West End in Fitzrovia uh, on uh, the 7th of March at 6pm. Okay, so, and we'll have drinks. We're being sponsored by Pink okay. I know it sounds crazy, but apparently it's a really lovely line, uh, wine and and Sandra actually sorted that one out and um, it's, uh, it's quite nice. <laughs> what I would just like to say is that the thing about our auctions is you really will find up-and-coming artists that for a really low price and I sort of liken it to you know if you live in London in small spaces which we do and you want to be a prolific art collector you can be because you could have a, a really amazing collection of, of small pieces by huge contemporary artists now I know some of them go sort of you know into the stratosphere quite quickly like we had yeah Andrew Cranston last year his two 
for, for 17,000. But not the case at all with, with, with them, you know, with, with um, other pieces. So, you know, you can get a, a contemporary piece of art for less and it's like it's good because it democratizes the art world you know I've got loads of artists that were in freeze doing my auction this year I went to freeze and I did loads of research and I contacted all the artists and I've got lots of them doing our, our auction so you know you can have a slice of those of, of these, these huge artists from freeze for for not very much but I think the other thing is if you're just an art student we're we're interesting because we really if you're interested in learning about contemporary art and you know new artists we always have new ones so we're just we're worth following anyway so yeah superb well i think that's all my questions asked Gemma. Well, i've really enjoyed it likewise will you come along most definitely okay Gemma. thank you for your time you're welcome and, lovely uh, to meet you and likewise have a lovely rest of the day thank you and you see you later bye If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at Ministry of Arts Org. Ta-da. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.